Do you struggle with constipation? Do you flip-flop from constipation to diarrhea and are sick of it? Or have you ever heard that pooping regularly is part of healthy detoxing, but you can't get your body on board with pooping every day, no matter how hard you try? If so, then this podcast episode is for you. On today's podcast episode, I'm talking with you about how you can harness detox pathway number one, your colon, so that you can detox and feel that you are actually getting the results from your efforts. Are you guys ready for today? Let's jump in. Welcome to the Better Belly Podcast, where we find freedom from food restrictions, we increase energy in our lives, and we begin to feel more healthy and vibrant than ever by finding the root causes of our health problems. My name is Allison Jordan. I'm a marathon runner, functional medicine, health coach, certified craniosacral therapist, gut health nerd, lover of Jesus, and owner of Better Belly Therapies, a clinic based in Ann Arbor, Michigan, that works with both virtual and local clients to help them achieve the best health of their life. I am here to walk with you on your journey to a better belly and a better life. We're going to go beyond popping a probiotic and just checking out our poop. In this show, we are going to go deep into gut transformation strategies that last for your entire life. If you are ready to feel your best, get ready to roll. You are in the right place. And just as a reminder, this information is not meant to diagnose, manage, or treat disease. Always consult with your own health practitioner before you make any changes to your health. All right, guys. So we are currently on a series on detoxing and we're right at the beginning of the series. We started it off last week with a episode on how detoxing is not a green smoothie, basically talking about all the myths about detoxing, why it doesn't work, what it really is, how to know if you're doing it wrong, and some simple steps so that you can start to do it well. But one of the parts of detoxing well is understanding that the seven detox pathways of your body, because detoxing isn't some ethereal thing. It's not, um, it's not just a state of mind or a psyche, but it, it actually has very physical, palpable, biochemical pathways that it follows in the body. And there's primarily seven. So on today's episode, we are talking about one, detox pathway number one on the colon. And over the next six weeks, we're going to be continually to talk through the other six pathways. I'm really excited for this. It's going to be a way for you to get bite-sized information each week, but also thorough information as you're trying to figure out how can you make your body feel better and what are things that you can do? What are things that you may be having oversight on that you're not thinking of doing? Because you've never thought of detoxing in a certain way, or what are ways that you can, in ways you're already trying to detox, say you're already trying to poop regularly and maybe it's not going so well, how can you do it better? What are ways that you can optimize these systems? So as a reminder, as we are moving forward in this, this is all through the framework and the lens of the ABLE method that I've created in the foundations program and in Better Belly Therapies. In the ABLE method, it breaks up detoxing into three steps. You have agitate, bind, and eliminate. So A and able is agitate, bind, and eliminate. So agitating has to do with a natural process in the body where it actually stirs up toxins and breaks them up and actually gets them out of places where they might be more or less uh, hiding or being stored by the body. Uh, the body will store toxins if it can't handle them when it's being exposed to them initially. A lot of times those storage places are things like cells and they can be cells of organs, cells in your muscle tissues, cells in joint tissue, cells in brain, like nervous system tissue. And all of those places are places where you don't want toxins to be long-term, but your body might have stored it short-term because it couldn't handle it. So you want to agitate toxins. You want to bind them once once they're agitated and starting to move out of cells that they were in. You want to neutralize them more or less so that they can't cause havoc as they're in your bloodstream. And then once you've bound them and neutralized them, we want to eliminate them. And the body's constantly doing this. In a healthy body, the body will do all 
all three of these steps on its own, agitating, stirring up, binding, neutralizing, and eliminating, which is actually getting it from the inside of your body to the outside so that you no longer have to deal with it. But if you miss any one of these three steps, you're going to have major problems. And I talk about this on episode 103 on on what what are going to be some of the signs and symptoms and problems you'll run into if you are agitating, but not binding, but eliminating. And the fact that most of the time, if you're having a detox problem where you are doing things that are supposedly quote unquote detoxing, you might be doing one or two of these steps, but not three. And then there's some other problems that you can run along into as well, which I do cover again in episode 103. So definitely go and check that out if you have not listened to it yet. It will be kind of the framework for our series moving forward. So without further ado, we're going to keep talking on today about the colon. And I'm really excited for this episode. Pooping is a huge focus for people. Anytime there's gut health problems, it seems that pooping's almost always a part of it. It's pooping too much, pooping too little, having weird poop, smelly poop. Um, Gas and bloating can often get combined in this problem as well. And so pooping is super important. And it's one of the first things that I wanted to cover today. So to start us off with a base framework of, of pooping, it's not this mythical thing. It's, it's not something also that is just like you can force it. Like if you just sit on the toilet and push hard enough, it'll come out. If you have ever dealt with constipation, you know that that is true. If you ever dealt with diarrhea, you also know it can be hard just muscularly to hold it in to say like, I'm just not going to poop. All of these things are a delicate balance. And really one of the ways that the colon functions is by sending and receiving signals that tell it if and when it needs to poop. These signals are come in a variety of formats. We have hormonal signals. These are things like estrogen and prostaglandins uh, that can tell us when it's time to poop. We have biochemical, uh, which you could see say similar, but hormonal coming from their own body. Biochemical can come from things like bacteria in your colon or your small intestine that is telling the body, hey, we're feeling full. Hey, we're doing good. Hey, it's time to poop. Bacteria actually are part of the chemical signaling to the body. It's one of the reasons that we want that a that a imbalanced bacterial environment in your gut can result in, uh, again, pooping too much or too little, so constipation or diarrhea. We can have neurological input, so your parasympathetic nervous system is responsible for your rest and digest symptoms. And so part of that is knowing I can poop. One of the reasons why people tend to get constipated, pretty much anyone or everyone is going to tend towards constipation when you travel is because your body's in a heightened state of alert. And so it's not you're not getting as much of those signals of it's now time for me to poop. Everything's weird and different, especially when you're crossing time zones. And that's not what we are covering in today's podcast episode, but it is a sign in a uh, it's a one of the ways that you can see the nervous system playing into the colon function. So the colon, its job is to absorb good stuff and eliminate bad stuff. So when when the last bit of digestion, you know, substance comes into your colon, it's going to, it still has things like water. uh, It has minerals in it that the body wants to reabsorb. It's just trying to get as much as it possibly can from that fecal matter before it says, yeah, we're good with that. We, we want it gone. And so eliminating the bad stuff is the second part where you actually are not constipated and you're moving things through your bowels. If your signaling gets messed up in your gut, so signaling could be you're hypoactive as in you're not getting clear signals to actually poop or you're hyperactive, you're getting really, really strong signals to poop prematurely and that's diarrhea. Um, Or maybe the signals are somehow blocked. So your body's sending signals, but the signals are not being effective. These are three different things that really do happen, then you will have a constipation or diarrhea problem. You'll have an elimination problem. And uh, these are three different things that that when someone comes into my office or someone works with me uh, virtually doing functional lab testing in our foundations program, we want to consider 
with all the symptoms they're having, are they, is it just constipation, just diarrhea? Is it a mix? Um, do what are the other symptoms they're dealing with? Cause it's never just constipation. There's fatigue or there's bloating or there's food sensitivities or there's, um, hormonal imbalance. So PMS problems, painful breasts, infertility, these are all kind of tangled and woven together and they can give us an idea of what, what's, what's causing specifically the constipation problem. Is it a signaling problem, maybe bacterial imbalance? Is there, is there a hormone aspect to it? What's the root cause of the hormone problem? Is there a nervous system problem? And all of these things will end up creating sometimes, and most of the time when you have chronic constipation, it's multiple layers of these things. And so you can try to do meditation to try with your parasympathetic nervous system. But if you meditate, but uh, have physical restrictions around your nervous system, remember your nervous system's like actual matter. It has real tissue. Again, it's not this ethereal state of mind. It is, it's physical tissue that is sending electrical impulses. That's your brain and your spinal cord and your your nerves. If any of those have restrictions around them, you could meditate all you want and yet those nerves are going to be impacted and doing things. Manual therapy like craniosacral therapy and visceral manipulation can release those things. So let's let's tease apart some of the symptoms you can be having and, and some of the signs that your detox pathway might be closed off or dysfunctional. And remember, this whole series is on detoxing. So we're thinking if you aren't detoxing well, a lot of the times one of the problems you're having is, is that the pathway is, is not letting things through, right? So if it's supposed to pass things through so that you can get toxins from the inside to the outside, it might be blocked or closed, or maybe it's dysfunctional. So it's hyperactive or it's not doing its job fully the way it should. So in the, in terms of uh, signs that detox pathways closed with the colon, it's pretty much just what I covered. If you have constipation or diarrhea, that is people, you know, you have a problem when you have that and people that might sound very basic, but that is it. You can also have some coinciding symptoms though. So they are, um, some of them are GI problems, GI symptoms related to the gut. Some of these are not, they're non-gut problems, but they're going to come along and coincide and say that there's, this is, this is part of a sign that the detox pathway of the colon isn't functional. So you can have bloating, which is going to be another GI problem. You can have smelly gas. And then the other big thing is anything that involves liver congestion symptoms. And if you're new to the podcast, liver congestion might be a term you've never heard of. It's not a diagnosis as in like a statable disease, but it is referring to the fact that the liver is not functioning as well as it should. The liver has a lot, a lot of jobs. And if it's not functioning optimally, it will suffer at at least one, but usually multiple of those jobs. One of its jobs is to detox estrogen. If you're not detoxing estrogen well, you're going to have PMS problems. So painful periods, you're going to have uh, pain, maybe tender breasts, irritability, uh, really heavy flow, irregular flow. Uh, you could have night sweats. Night sweats has to do with the fact that the liver is turning on at night to catch up with jobs that it's supposed to do during the day. And your liver is such a big organ that holds so much blood that it will actually heat up your body to the point that you are sweating. And a lot of women that I talk with, they're in their 20s or 30s or even 40s, and they're saying, I'm having night sweats. What is this? Is this menopause? And, I, and it could be menopause, but most of the time it is liver congestion where their liver is catching up on jobs. And a lot of times uh, you another big sign that it's liver opposed to, for example, um, going into menopause, you're going to have those night sweats between 2 to 4 a.m. very consistently. So you're waking up in the middle of the night, you're sweating, it's between 2 and 4 a.m. That's a big liver sign. Uh, you can have excess estrogen symptoms, which I already mentioned some of them, but painful cramps, irritability, heavy periods, irregular periods, painful breasts. You can have increased diarrhea on your period or when you're approaching your period because that has to do with hormones not being detoxed properly by the liver and then they're not being bound properly and then it's causing the, the colon is overreacting by an excessive amount of free bound hormones and prostaglandins that are then causing diarrhea. That sounds like a gut problem, but it's actually a liver problem. So again, 
if someone comes to me and they're having diarrhea on or close to their cycle, a lot of times I'm thinking we need to help and support their liver. If you're sensitive to alcohol, you have a quarter of a portion of a drink or half or even one and you are just feeling way more symptoms than your other friends, it might not be that you're some lightweight or you're just sensitive. It could be that your liver can't break down acetaldehyde very well because it has so many other things it's trying to do or because it's it has lower capacity to deal with toxins. Any type of skin flares, acne, eczema, rashes, psoriasis, those are all going to coincide with liver congestion. If you want to hear more on that, you can check out episode 45, The Gut-Skin Connection which is on our podcast, and I will put a link in the show notes. Um, Any headaches or migraines from scents? So if you get a headache, if you pass by Bed Bath & Body Works or someone's lit a candle and you get a headache or someone's wearing strong perfume or cologne and you get a headache or your sinuses kind of hurt, that is a huge sign of liver congestion. And remember, we're talking about other signs um, that are correlating with constipation and diarrhea, as in your colon's not functioning well, and then you're going to get liver congestion symptoms. Um, And then lastly, we have chronic sinus problems. So congestion, sinusitis, getting a lot of um, sinus infections can be really connected to your liver not detoxing well. And so you can listen to episode 47, the gut sinus connection, if you want to hear more on that. It's a phenomenal episode. But why is the liver connected to the colon? It has to do with a biological or anatomical factor, which is something called the hepatic portal vein system. And I know that might sound like Latin. It actually is. Hepatic means is referring to the liver in Latin. Uh, And then portal vein system has to do with the fact that you hear the word vein, right? So vein, uh, veins are carriers of blood that is returning to the heart from the body and your colon and all, almost all of the organs of your digestive system have veins that will take, take blood that is, is full of toxins straight from that organ. And instead of, you know, putting it down your legs or going around the rest of your body, like your arms and then back to the heart, which is what the circulate, the, the vascular system does with circulating blood. This vein system is super special. And it basically says, Hey, I know that the stomach and the small intestine and the pancreas and the colon all have super gross nasties. I don't want to spread to the rest of the body. So we're going to put it to the liver first to filter it. So if you imagine from the bottom left portion of your belly where the end of your colon is, um, an arrow pointing straight up to the top right or the bottom right of your rib cage. That's where your, where your liver, the, a huge portion of your liver is and where the vein connects. You have this big system of blood that's, that's being filtered and sent from your whole abdomen up to the right corner of your rib cage where the liver is. And so that system, if your colon is dysfunctional and you have constipation or diarrhea, but really constipation in particular, you're not eliminating toxins. You're then reabsorbing them. And that, that reabsorption gets into the venous system. So blood and goes back up to the liver and basically retoxifies the liver. And the liver has way more work to do on stuff. It literally just got rid of. And so you'll end up with all these liver congestion symptoms. So that is a little bit on why liver congestion symptoms are so important. And and honestly, you liver is not even the root cause. A lot of times there's other root causes to why the liver is dysfunctional. And once the liver is dysfunctional, you'll have even more constipation, even more possibly diarrhea, and even more of all these other symptoms. And so it's really important to both find the root cause of what's irritating the liver, but then also heal the liver and heal all the other root causes. Once you do that, you get massive, massive changes. Um, One quick note, and I've already sort of been addressing this, but I want to make a note on the, if 
a big sign that you have a colon problem or a colon detox pathway problem is if you get constipation and diarrhea. So if you flip-flop between constipation and diarrhea, and it can be once a month, it can be multiple times a week, it varies per person, uh, what it means is that you have multiple problems. So depending on the detoxicity you're dealing with, your body's going to flip-flop on what symptom it gives you. So it's either giving you constipation or giving you diarrhea. For example, I've had multiple clients who struggle with constipation most of the month, and then right before their period, they'll have diarrhea. And they just think, well, maybe if I just get rid of the constipation, my life will be better. Well, the diarrhea on their period is an extreme problem. And so we actually want to go and look for two root causes to both of those. And once they we find those two root causes, both the constipation and the diarrhea will go away. One of the frustrating things is um, flip-flopping between constipation and diarrhea will often get diagnosed as IBSM, which is mixed IBS. And that can just make someone feel like they're a unique sunflower, like <laughs> my body just decides to flip-flop. But the, what it is signaling is that you need to be thinking about two separate problems that are one's causing constipation, one's not causing diarrhea. And and alternating between hours, days, weeks, or months, one of those is is more intense than the other. And so the body will say, well, we've got more signaling that to force diarrhea, so we're going to do that today. And another day, it's going to say, we have a lot more signaling that's resulting in constipation, so we're going to do that. One other common cause of swinging from constipation to diarrhea and back, uh, just just to get your guys' imaginations flowing, because um, it might not be hormonal as in uh, your cycle with menstruation. It could be something called histamine sensitivity. And you might have heard of histamine before in relation to histamine blockers, which is medication like Claritin that blocks histamine, which causes the sneeze response and, and congestion in your sinuses and itchy skin. But excess histamine in the body can also result in things like acid reflux, bloating, headaches, and diarrhea. So these are also histamine um, symptoms. And histamine sensitivity, the good news is it's not a permanent problem. Uh, for my clients who've dealt with histamine sensitivity as a part of their gut health problems, we've been able to find the root cause of their histamine, which histamine has um, multiple causes that can come from it. It's not just like, oh, I got exposed to pollen and now I'm having a histamine response. Histamine can come from food sensitivities, pathogens. It can cause from old, become be caused by old food, excess estrogen, copper. It can be caused by um, all sorts of things. Your body not breaking down histamine very well, with this, which is a methylation and liver problem and sometimes a nutrient deficiency problem. So you can definitely get all the symptoms of histamine sensitivity. You can even be more or less diagnosed or self-diagnosed. Hey, I think I have a histamine, I have histamine sensitivity, but it's not permanent and it just results or requires you to do some testing to know, well, why am I getting this buildup of histamine in my body and then getting diarrhea or getting all your other histamine symptoms, which they will come together. So another way that gut health problems are intertwined with with other symptoms in the body and you and and it's really a whole body picture. So if you want to learn more about histamine sensitivity, I would encourage you to check out episode 25, which is called Histamines, a possible cause of your diarrhea, IBS, fatigue, insomnia, irregular menstruation, and more. That is with my guest, Isabel Smith, who's a registered dietitian. Phenomenal episode. And we will I will put a link in the show notes so that you can listen to that episode. It is phenomenal. So those are some signs that your colon detox pathway is just not quite operating right, operating the way you want it to. Now we want to talk about causes because you might have been listening to that and been like, yeah, Alison, no joke. I know that that pathway is not optimal. <laughs> um, it's pretty obvious to most people. But now we want to start thinking about causes because one of the most frustrating things for my clients and for me when I was sick for a long, long time was knowing I had constipation and aggressively trying to solve it and not getting results. That's pretty much one of the things that just drives people up a wall the most when it comes to 
pooping, let alone the fact that it's a detox pathway and trying to detox in general. By the way, if you try to detox in any other way, say you're struggling with constipation, you know that, you know that you need to have poop healthfully and that's just been hard. Like you haven't been able to figure it out. And so you say to yourself, well, I'm going to do some other things that are really, that, that might help me uh, feel better because people say so. So you go and from an example from last week, go and drink green smoothies or you do a juice detox and you're doing these things to help your body detox. There's some problems with green smoothies that I get into in our last episodes that are unique to green smoothies. But if you choose a detox method that agitates and even binds uh, toxins in your body, but then you are not able to poop, you will often make yourself feel worse. And so you will do this green smoothie or juice cleanse and you'll say, I felt worse at the end of it. I didn't end up pooping. I didn't you know, feel better. And that's because you really need to get to the root cause of pooping and, and you're not stuck being constipated. I have dealt with so many clients, including myself, who've been dealing with constipation for months and years and even decades. And we work together by doing functional lab testing. We find out what the root cause is and suddenly and very magically to them, they're no longer dealing with constipation. It's a really amazing thing that you can pretty much, other than listening to our podcast episodes of our of the women who have testimonials where they're sharing about how they were dealing with constipation and no longer are, it is something that you have to take a leap of faith in because if you've been dealing with constipation long enough, it does feel like maybe you will never not deal with it but you are not stuck. So common causes of any broken detox pathway, this is any, whether we're talking about pooping or any of the other six in our future episodes, the main cause is either not reducing sources of inflammation. So source of inflammation might be food sensitivities, pathogens, heavy metals, uh, phthalates, parabens, all sorts of things there um, can cause inflammation that will lead to constipation or you want to, or you have blockers of that pathway and every pathway is a little different. I'm not talking about, you know, pooping like, like a plug. No, not quite. We're going to break that down. But what I want you to imagine whenever you're detoxing and whenever you're thinking about any detox pathway, if you're, if you, you imagine it as a bathtub that is being filled with water the bathtub will overflow in one of three circumstances. One, the drain is open, so you have a normal functioning drain, but more water is coming in than the drain can empty. So maybe you've got like the faucet turned on full blast, which most drains are designed to be able to drain faster than that faucet can pump out water. But maybe that faucet's turned on full blast and someone's pouring buckets of water in at the same time. That drain could be doing phenomenal and it's draining to its 100% capacity, but it cannot keep up with the extra toxins that are coming into it. Uh, Number two, you're going to have a detox. And and then once you have that overflow, just to go back, once you have that start overflowing, the bathtub is now flooding, right? That's when you, your body gets symptoms because your body is designed to have toxins put into it. Just like a bathtub is designed to have water put into it. No one's like freaking out if the bathtub has water come into it and even gets quite full, right? As long as the water eventually stops and the drain can catch up and the drain's not clogged. If the drain is clogged, usually there can be panic, right? And same with our bodies. We know we're going to be exposed to toxins. It's not about getting to a zero toxin state. It's about reducing how much you're being exposed to toxins, especially toxins you're not aware of being exposed to, what we can call hidden or invisible toxins. And then also making sure that drain is open 100% or sometimes in, in The cool thing about our bodies is you can open them 110% or 150% to try and catch up with toxins you've been exposed to in the past or even currently. Um, But number two, you're going to have overflow if maybe water's coming in at a normal rate, but the drain is clogged partially or completely. And number three, the drain might be partially clogged and maybe a little bit extra water's coming in and eventually a little bit uh, problem of both of those things, how much water's coming in and how much it's clogged will 
will also result in overflow. So this is what I call bucket theory. And it's a great way of thinking of your overall detox method and thinking of if you are feeling crummy, say you just had the flu, or honestly, you just had a COVID vaccination. For example, you want to be thinking about the fact that the vaccination or any vaccination is now adding a temporary source of inflammation to your body because it is trying to get your, your, your immune system to, to surface and fight this, um, safe level of, of pathogen or pathogen, similar pathogen substance so that you will now be inoculated or safe against that thing, but that will cause inflammation. So people who tend to have worse responses to, Uh, the COVID vaccination, for example, often have ongoing inflammation in their body. And that could be, you know, IBS. It's going to show up as maybe, I know I have an autoimmune condition. I know I have IBS. I know I struggle with constipation. I know I get headaches multiple times per week. I know I have really horrible periods. And society and our hospital and conventional healthcare systems have ended up causing us to think, well, that's normal or we're stuck with it. And so you live on this baseline of, of a decent amount of inflammation in the body uh, from hidden invisible sources that are there and you can see them with the right equipment, but they're not visible with the current amount of lab testing or study that you've gotten from other health practitioners, right? So that you're going into that and then you add in, for example, the COVID vaccine, which is a very intense vaccine, and then you feel worse because you basically just poured buckets of water into your tub even if you had a perfectly functioning drain and you might not have a very well functioning drain if you are feeling sick. So that's bucket theory. That is a little bit of a digressing thought on the whole specifically colon pooping, con- uh, constipation, diarrhea paradigm, but it is 100% related as we're moving forward in this series and you are thinking ever about Um, anything that happens to you, like a car accident, or uh, like I said, getting even just something as simple as the flu, not sleeping well, not sleeping well, for example, is a version of clogging up your, your drain, because sleep is one of the ways that we detox. It's one of the ways that we at least actually amplify one of our detox pathways, which we'll be getting into in five, four or five episodes, our glymphatic Uh, pathway, which has to do with your brain detoxing. But all of that, yay, so exciting, guys. Moving forward, we have sources of inflammation when you are constipated. There's different common sources of inflammation for constipation versus diarrhea. There can, can be overlap, but constipation and diarrhea will also have things that are more um, um, specific to them. And again, if you're struggling with both, you probably have a mix of both causes. Some causes of inflammation and constipation are going to be restrictions, physical restrictions in the thorax or abdomen. So this is going to be if you've been in a car accident, fallen off a bike. I've talked about this in our podcast episodes on where I talk about craniosacral therapy and visceral manipulation, which I can link those in the show notes. I didn't look it up in advance. I don't, I don't know what episode it is, but just take a look in the show notes and you're going to see one on, on craniosacral therapy and visceral manipulation. And the fact that we can actually get our physical body can get adhesions, things, tissues that get stuck together. And if you have any of those in your rib cage or in your belly, you are going to have a harder time with your body, your your diaphragm is supposed to pump your colon to make it mobilize. That's one of the reasons why people say deep breathing is really good for bloating or it's good for constipation. It can be if you don't have physical restrictions. So if you feel like you have difficulty taking deep breaths or exercising or you go to a meditation class or you watch a meditation video and you're like, wow, breathing deeply is really uncomfortable. It makes my, maybe your back hurts after a deep breathing session or your ribs hurt. Um, Those can be big signs that you actually have physical restrictions that when you breathe deeply is being tugged on and it's actually tugging on your skeletal system and it's, it's causing pain. Now those physical restrictions can be released, but you need actual specific therapy to do that. And that's why I do craniosacral therapy and visceral manipulation for my clients. We do have podcast episode, uh, 
It's going to be 46. The Gut Breath Connection is a phenomenal episode, and I do talk more about all of this there. Episode 46, The Gut Breath Connection, and it's really digs into the anatomy of why physical restrictions in your rib cage or your abdomen can cause constipation. Um, if you have poor bile or stomach acid production, that's going to be another big cause of constipation. Uh, basically, you will more commonly see maybe chunks of food in your stool, maybe it's chunks of tomato, chunks of lettuce, chunks of beans or of corn. Some things our body isn't going to digest even when it's at its optimal place. But a lot of times when there's a decreased uh quality or quantity of bile and stomach acid, then you're going to see more food chunks in your stool. You're also going to have problems with gas and bloating because when you don't break down food well enough with stomach acid and bile, your bacteria ends up getting food that's more in a whole food format. It's not pre-digested, it will overfeed on that food and it will cause more gas and therefore more bloating. And it also be, often be smelly gas because the bacteria is having to break down something it wasn't quite designed to. And so uh, low bile production is going to be connected to liver congestion, low stomach acid production could be connected to things like nutrients uh, insufficiency, so not enough zinc in your body. Um, you can have another problem with stomach acid if you have something a pathogen called H. pylori, which eats stomach acid for a professional living. So these are common problems. Almost all of my clients have a bile and stomach acid production problem. It is not enough to just take a supplement because if you have a bile problem, it's because you have a liver congestion problem and the supplement is often not going to be a good enough. You just, you want your own body to do things for you. You can take a supplement temporarily, uh, but it's not going to do nearly as good of a job as your actual organ. And stomach acid, you do not want to take a supplement for, which is called hydrochloric acid, HCL. You don't want to take that unless you know you don't have H. pylori because you could take that supplement and actually feel worse. So you can see all the complications that come into this when and why it's so important to test. You don't want to guess, well, I listen to a podcast and I have constipation and I think I have stomach acid problems, so I'm going to take a supplement. Well, you don't want to do that until you know you don't have H. pylori because you're feeding the monster. And H. pylori is very, very common, especially for people who've traveled outside of the U.S. In developing countries, uh, H. pylori typically has an 85% prevalence. In the U.S., it's about a 25% prevalence. And if you are married to and or basically just kiss someone who has H. pylori, you pretty much get it because it is swappable via spit very, very easily. So it spreads really quickly. Um one of the just frustrations with H. pylori. So that's just a little bit on bile and stomach acid being a source of inflammation that will cause constipation. Toxicity elsewhere in the body, which includes pathogens, food sensitivities, and heavy metals. Three very, very common things I see with my clients. Even if you've tried restricted diets, even if you have done heavy metal detoxes, which is its own topic, um, uh, and kind of, there's a lot of misleading information on how you can do a heavy metal detox and what's actually effective. And then pathogens, which often, often, often go under the radar of conventional testing. The tests are, are not sensitive enough, AKA you're not sick enough, um, or they're not even testing for the right pathogens and those go under the radar and you can think you've checked for them, but you haven't. And that will end up leading to all of these signaling where the body says, well, I'm just not going to poop. <laughs> um, and you could have a circulation problem or what I call a circular problem where that you're not pooping, right? So you're constipated. And then all of those toxins from your stool that isn't moving along gets reabsorbed in your hepatic portal vein system, goes to your liver, and then your liver gets congested and your liver doesn't function as well. It doesn't produce bile, doesn't detox estrogen, doesn't all these things. And you end up with constipation. 
Diarrhea, on the other hand, typically has, I find, fewer causes. So we're going to have histamine problems, food sensitivities, uh, high levels, high estrogen in the body, uh, high amounts of prostaglandins, which is really connected to liver detox and liver functionality, sometimes methylation. So do you have the MTHFR gene mutation? Do you get enough B vitamins? Um, Are you taking uh, methylated folate or not? All these comp things that if you do one thing, might not be specific enough to your body to fix the problem, but for the right person, that could actually fix your diarrhea if you deal with your histamine problem or your food sensitivities or your high levels of estrogen or all three, which I see all three together a lot. So, um, pathway blocker. So one of these, we talked about, you want to reduce sources of inflammation and you also want to open up the pathway. So if you imagine your, your drain is clogged, well, what unclogs the drain when it comes to the colon? Unclogging the drain includes things like giving your body appropriate levels of minerals. Magnesium, potassium, and sodium are all required for the smooth muscle of your, of your gut, of your um, colon and your small intestine to contract. And that smooth muscle contracting is not voluntary. It's not something, if it's not contracting, you cannot compensate for it just by pushing. It's one of the reasons why pushing a lot is so not effective and can cause, um, different types of fissures and ulcers and, uh, sometimes even prolapse because we're pushing so hard to try and poop and our body is not working with us. You have to get the body to work with you. And so taking magnesium, potassium, and sodium in appropriate levels relevant to you is so important. I do a test called the HTMA or hair tissue mineral analysis. It's a hair sample test that, that, that actually will come back and give us data on the levels of your magnesium, potassium, sodium, as well as many other minerals like zinc and iron and calcium and mercury and aluminum, which is toxic to the body and copper, all these different things it's going to give us feedback on. So um, in general, though, it's a great place. You can rarely overdose on minerals like magnesium and potassium and often even sodium. And sodium's more of a complex uh, thing of, well, we're told not to eat too much sodium. Yes and no. Um, but a lot of times it is hard to overdose on those. Um, and you can also have problems even if you do take these. So you're like, well, I do take these, Allison. You might not be taking a therapeutic dose with hatch to do with um, how depleted you might be, how much you weigh. So um, doing taking magnesium in ratio to um, your weight. Um, and you also might not be absorbing it well enough, which could have to do with leaky gut, low stomach acid, inflammation, pathogens. All these things can inhibit and impact ma- uh, mineral absorption, which will then result in blocking that. That pathway from pooping. You could have neurological interference, and this includes your gut microbiome because your your bacteria in your gut send hormone messages. We call them endocrine to your gut lining that then says, hey, it's time to poop or not. It's one of the functions that your microbiome does. So you want a healthy microbiome. Um, and if you don't, you're going to get that neurological interference. You're going to get the wrong signaling, either poop now and it's, and it's premature and it's diarrhea or don't poop now. And it's, and it, it's just massively delayed in it's constipation. Stress does include, or is included in neurological interference, um, and physical restrictions around the nervous system. So if you've ever had a concussion, an epidural or a spinal tap or fallen on your tailbone or been in a fallen off your bicycle, fallen off a horse, falling on the stairs, all these things, you have a lot of options, um, can actually create physical restrictions around the brain and spinal cord, which will also create neurological interference. A lot, I've had a couple clients now come to me with chronic constipation and just with craniosacral therapy, they start pooping regularly. And that was also my story from years ago now, um, which I shared in episode one and getting craniosacral therapy and visceral manipulation. I started pooping immediately after those sessions. It wasn't wasn't perfect, but I started pooping more often. <laughs> it wasn't every day. And I had a lot of healing to do after being sick for so long. But that being said, something as simple as manual therapy, physical therapy, right, uh, is going to be helpful. 
All right, so now we are going to move on to the part where I talk about how to open up your pathways. You could be listening to this and you're like, Allison, I'm pooping every day. Is there anything I can do to optimize this, to like make it extra special, to to actually detox more? Because pretty much with all of our detox systems, all seven of them, you can do things that actually stir up and and, and improve and kind of shine and sharpen the detox process for that organ, even if it's not having necessarily problems, right? So maybe you poop regularly. Well, anything you do upstream to help your body agitate and bind toxins in your liver or in your spleen or in your lymphatic or lymphatic system, that's going to be the last four episodes we do. Anything you can do to agitate and bind is going to help you. You're going to poop it out. Um, Either that if some toxins go through the pooping out method, some are peed out through the kidney, and then some we sweat out. So uh, toxins will choose a variety of pathways depending on what they are and what door they like to use in your body. <laughs> but um, that's, that is going to massively improve your, your colon function as, of detoxing is being able to put more toxins. That is if your body's ready for it, putting more toxins into the colon. Another thing you can do is something called a coffee enema, uh, and coffee enemas are really phenomenal. They have uh, caffeine and uh, chemicals in them that actually help stimulate. It, it gets absorbed through your hepatic portal vein system, so remember that, right? So if you an enema is something where you put liquid um, reverse direction into the colon, you hold it in the colon, usually for about 15 minutes, And if you make this liquid, instead of just pure water or saline solution, if you make it coffee, your body will absorb elements of the coffee, send it through the hepatic portal vein system into the liver, and it will cause the liver to actually start dumping toxins. So this actually is uh, considered an agitate method, is just the coffee enema. Now, I don't recommend just doing a coffee enema on its own, typically, because you also are going to want to have something that you're doing that binds that whatever toxins are released. And so there's a kit that I use called the push catch kit. And I'm going to put a link in the show notes. You can get it for 10% off straight off of my online dispensary called full script. It's super easy. Just, just follow the link. It'll take you to what you need to do. But if you buy the push catch kit, what it basically gives you is a two part supplement where you take a part of the supplement before the coffee enema and then you take a part of the supplement after. The one you take before helps is also support pushing toxins out. So it's it helps agitate and stir up the liver, toxins in the liver. And the other part of it is a binder and it, you drink it and it helps bind. It has a variety of substances in it because for example, if you think of a binder as for ex- charcoal, charcoal does bind some things, but it doesn't bind everything, um, all types of toxins. So you wanna take a binder that has a variety of, of binders in it to really grab stuff and neutralize the toxins so you don't reabsorb it or feel worse. Um, So if you do the coffee enema and push catch kit, I have my clients do this with the push catch kit lasts 30, 30 different um, times that you would use it. So if you use it once a week or multiple times a week, it'll last 30 times, right? You can get massive cleaning out of the liver. And even if you are already rather healthy, this is phenomenal. Maybe you've gotten the COVID vaccine recently, or you're getting it in the future, or you go through something and you know, I just need a detox because I just had pneumonia, or I just traveled around the world, or I did all these things and I'm just feeling gross and kind of weighed down and foggy headed. I'm not sick. I just just don't feel great, do a coffee enema and a push catch kit for, uh, for the whole kit 30 different times and you will feel totally different. I have tons of clients who start that and then after just a few different times of using it, their night sweats go away, their periods are less painful, they sleep better, they're less fatigued, they think clear because they have their body is filtering out better because the liver is better taken care of. But that's one of the ways you can support the colon directly through the colon is the coffee enema and push catch kit. Now, if your pathway isn't open, if you're listening to this, you're like, Allison, nope, I'm not in that. I can poop camp. I struggle with it. It's not consistent. It's painful. It's frustrating. I'm frustrated. Um, It's constipation, diarrhea, or a mix. Here are some action steps you can take today. Number one, I would encourage you to download my free constipation download. This includes explicit directions on how 
how you can pump up minerals in your body. That means exact milligrams that I recommend for different types of specific minerals that you can use, magnesium citrate, a mineral a mineral combination I call a potassium shot. You can take it in the morning. It's a great way to feel energized in the morning and throughout the day, and even sometimes stimulate a bowel movement. It's really phenomenal. Um, you can pump up your digestion. My freebie also includes talking about how you can test your stomach acid levels at home with things you if you don't have this thing in your house, you're not baking. Um, but if you bake at all ever, or if you clean sometimes with this substance, it's not toxic. I guarantee it. You can test your stomach acid levels today or tomorrow. Um, and you can learn, I talk about the best supplements you can take to support digestion and, uh, the, the, the milligrams you can use all those things. And then lastly, I share about how you can find a craniosacral therapist and visceral manipulation therapist near you. If you want to be evaluated and say, hey, do I have physical restrictions in my body that I'm not aware of? My body, your body probably feels normal to you, but that's because it's developed normalcy over time. So you're not aware of, of restrictions that are there because your body's more or less numb to them, right? So we get used to the state that our bodies are in. So download that freebie. It, there's a link in the show notes. You can do it there and check out that digestion, um, all the different ways you can support your digestion today if you are not, if you are having problems with your detox pathway for pooping. And if you don't get long-lasting permanent results from that freebie, then you do have invisible hidden toxins that are keeping your body from working the way it needs to. The good news is you are not stuck. You can sign up for my foundations program waitlist. In the foundations program, we do functional lab testing. You work directly with me to get a customized health plan and walk through six months of healing where you what you have found in your lab testing, you actually do something about. And I give you the tools, I give you the steps, and you can heal your body. You can find hidden causes like H. pylori, heavy metals, excess estrogen, poor bile production, liver congestion. All the things we talked about today are things that I test in the functional or in our foundations program. So if you want to know if you are dealing with any of these things and you don't want to guess anymore. There is no way to know 100% of what your symptoms are by purely evaluating your symptoms or what the causes of your symptoms are just by evaluating your symptoms. Your body has a limited number of symptoms it can create. So your body could have one you could, your body could have five different causes of something and they all cause the same symptom. The only way you can know what's going on in your body with your constipation or your diarrhea is by testing. You want to apply a relevant test to your educated guests, gather your data. And once you have that data, you can stop the cycle of things that you're trying that don't work or sort of work or work for a little while and then stop working. You can get to the root cause of what's going on and finally get free from your most stubborn symptoms. If you are ready to be free of your symptoms, sign up for the Foundations Program waitlist by going to betterbellytherapies.com slash waitlist or clicking the link in the show notes. I would love to work with you there. All right, guys. Well, I hope you love that podcast episode. Constipation is a huge problem for so many of the women that I work with and diarrhea. And I hope that this gives you a little bit of insight on how you can overcome those in your life. You are not stuck. Your poop is not stuck. You can move forward. If you had a question after this podcast episode and you want it answered by me, it's super simple. Just open up the link betterbellytherapies.com slash askallison. You can click record and ask directly into your phone a question that comes straight to me. If I like your question, if I can help you out, I may feature you on the Better Belly podcast and answer it on air. You can get your question featured on the podcast and get my thoughts directly to you and you can have that question answered. Just go to betterbellytherapies.com slash askallison or click the link in the show notes. Also, if you love this episode, we have so much more coming down the line. Six more episodes, at least, of these detoxing specialties. So subscribe so you never miss a beat. And if you thought of a friend while you were listening to this, you know someone who's been struggling with constipation or diarrhea or both, take a screenshot and share it with that friend. I cannot count how many times when I tell someone I'm a gut health therapist that they say, oh, I know someone who needs you. So send that friend a love note to their gut and do us a favor and pass this podcast along to 
to them. Other ways that you can stay in the know is by following us on Instagram at Better Belly Therapies. I love connecting with our listeners there and it means so much if you drop by and said hi. Other ways that you can support us, if this podcast episode or you've been listening for a while, if multiple of our episodes have blessed you, I want to encourage you, please leave a rating and review. It is so helpful for our podcast for other people to find it and find the same answers that you have. So if you've been impacted in any way by this podcast, please just go down. If you're in Apple iTunes, scroll to the bottom and leave a rating and review. Or if you don't use Apple iTunes, you can just scroll to the bottom of our show notes. We have a link in the show notes and you can leave a rating and review there. Well, to end our podcast episode, I will end with our motto. Miracles are immediate, but healing takes time. Catch you guys next week.